This week on Ultra 64, we're playing Rugrats Scavenger Hunt and Rugrats in Paris. Is this going to be a baby boom or bust? Mm. No, that's terrible. <laughs> You're going to record a, a new one? Is there a better one? I don't know. Start it over. <laughs> Play a game for babies. For babies, by babies. Uh, welcome to Ultra 64. We are the baby bashinist podcast in the world. We, di- we dissect the babies. We, we put them down on the table and pull them apart. <laughs> we we didn't hate babies before this episode, but now I kind of hate babies. Uh, my or name at is least Steve Gunley. Bald cartoon babies. Yes. I'm baby hater Steve Gunley. I am Woody Siskowski, lukewarm towards babies. We are joined by a special guest, Lindsay Pennington. Hello, Lindsay. Hello. Welcome back to the show. Um, so we, this week we are talking about Rugrats Scavenger Hunt and Rugrats in Paris the Movie. That's the full title of the video game. It's Rugrats in Paris the Movie. So I, um, a couple weeks ago I had all these markings in, on my apartment, uh, floor and I, I called the landlord and I said hey what's going on and they said oh looks like you got red rug rats oh okay I didn't know where you're going no I mean either I had to call the rug rat exterminators oh man yeah you gotta stomp on them yeah mm-hmm. exactly so what what the hell is rug rats Steve man all right we're gonna talk a little bit about rug rats and I'm excited because I like any opportunity to talk about like animation and, and old cartoon shows uh, rug rats is a show I can actually claim I was there for from day one <laughs> Like, I, I remember watching the debut of the uh, Nicktoons block, which was three shows, Doug, Rugrats, and Ren and Stimpy. They all debuted uh, August 11th, 1991, uh, and I was there watching them. I didn't know what I was in for as a little kid, but man, these all blew me away. I think that was pretty smart programming, actually, because you have Doug first, which is like a very kind of milk toast, gentle show. Then you have Ren and Stimpy last, which is very aggressive and broad and crass and creepy. And Rugrats is kind of splitting the difference a little bit there. Like uh, early Rugrats episodes were a little more dark and subversive than you might expect from, especially from like later episodes or from this game. Considering, I mean, what's the premise of the show? It's a show about babies that can talk. It's like super babies. Look it's, who's talking to super babies. Except no. they're not super. Like they're just normal ass babies, but we're seeing the world through their eyes. So they're discovering like the adult world through <laughs> the eyes of babies, like, like, uh, or like the, the human world. So like there was the, uh, you can watch the original unaired pilot on uh, YouTube. It's just called Tommy Pickles and the Great White Thing. And it's pretty cool. It's like six, it's a six and a half minutes and it's, uh, it's about Tommy discovering the toilet. Okay. And he doesn't know what it is, but he's just fascinated by this mysterious great white thing in the bathroom. So, you know, obviously we as the audience know what it is, but it's like, so all kinds of shenanigans arise from the babies not understanding what they are seeing. And that's kind of the whole premise of the show. Uh, and it's it's a charming idea, and it, they kind of use it to sneak some, like, kind of dark stuff in there, especially with the parents. Like, they were, you know, Chucky's mom dies, and, like, uh, Tommy's dad is always struggling with unemployment and, like, facing failure and things like that. So they had some of those darker elements early Doesn't on. Doesn't he, like, try scheme after scheme, like, of, like, 
like those like sell at home type things and everything. Yeah, That's kind of what I remember. Right, and I I don't I don't know I don't remember if he was a struggling stand up comedian or if the voice was a struggling stand up comedian. I don't remember. So um, how I mean, so this was a pretty popular show, right? Like this was hugely was- popular. Yeah, this this went on to kind of. I don't know, it was pretty instrumental in kind of defining the look and the the popularity of television animation in the 90s. Like, uh, pretty much before this time, like, TV animation was just all Saturday morning. Like, that's kind of all you got. And then uh, Nickelodeon popularized this, and it became an all-day, like, all-network thing. I kind of associate... So I just grew up without Nickelodeon, or I just got Canadian TV, No, so there wasn't much cartoons or anything. So whenever I was at a hotel and, like there was an opportunity to watch i would be like oh cartoon network like nickelodeon i'm gonna watch this and i feel like rugrats was always on i feel like nickelodeon just yeah. found a couple hit shows and just broadcast them incessantly they did so i feel like rugrats just ran until spongebob came along and then just spongebob all the time yeah and so, eventually and i mean you could you could draw direct lines from rugrats to spongebob and kind of the off-kilter style i mean uh the animators of this show it made it intentionally ugly and intentionally off-putting. Like, the animation's really good, but the character models are kind of deformed-looking and, like, lots of wiggly lines and lots of extreme features and things like that. And that was intentional. And I think, you know, it, it just had this weird kind of avant-garde style. And I think that was emphasized by the, the theme music by Mark Mothersbaugh from Devo. Like, he, he did this pretty iconic TV theme that's kind of all pan flutes and... Yeah, so it's babyish, but it also sounds a little creepy. Okay, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because I definitely, thinking back, remember the show being kind of creepy and off-putting, and I wasn't sure if that was just me. Or... No, okay. it's it was intentional, and those edges softened as it went on. But because uh, this show was on for 13 seasons, uh, so it's tied for I, I forget it's tied for like with King of the Hill and. Uh, American Dad and a few other shows for like one of the longest running shows. See, I don't remember it being creepy, but I may have just been a creepy kid. <laughs> I guarantee you were a creepy kid. I didn't know you as a kid, but I can it's guarantee a, you were. Being as you are a creepy adult, you're yes. probably Aww. a creepy kid. Thanks. Uh, yeah, so this, this, we're, we're here to offer support and friendship. That's what this, we're here. We welcome wait, people into the Ultra Sixty Four. Yeah, Lindsay, <laughs> we've decided Lindsay. you need to be less creepy. We come, starting now. We come here from a place of love. Uh, you've been. Creepy Creeping too much lately. You've just been creeping. And, um, uh, you got to stop. She's doing just the thriller the, dance. Just keep it on, on the, the podcast. Low, you know. Um, anyway. So I yeah, I I remember watching this show in hotel rooms because it was what was on. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I ever liked this show very much. And going back and playing these games now, I really dislike the show. <laughs> um, Let's it, talk a little bit voice, about the voice acting yeah. is so slow and off-putting, and I just it's the whole thing is built on baby talk and them misspeaking words. And right? It, yeah, the whole joke is just malapropisms. Like they don't understand. Like what? What did they in this game? It was like they found a secret, secret passage sausage way. way. Sausage a secret way. sausage way. That's what the whole show is basically. After a while. So uh, this show is created by Arlene Klasky, Gabor Chupo, and Paul Germain, and uh, it was the first animated series under the Klasky Chupo banner. That guy's so, name, Gabor Chupo sounds like a very fake name like you would. It sounds uh, fake, right? Yeah, it sounds like yeah he's, he's Hungarian, uh, and uh, Arlene Klasky was American. They were married for a short time. They were married during this time. 
Uh, they kind of broke into the animation industry by doing uh, logos for TV shows, like they did uh, In Living Color and 21 Jump Street and shows like that. Then they lucked into a major big break, and uh, they got the gig to animate the early Simpsons shorts for uh, the Tracy Ullman show. And then they were the animation studio for the first three seasons of The Simpsons before they switched over to Film Roman. Started doing decent animation. They, they switched over so they could launch uh, this show, which was wildly successful. And then they uh, became kind of the signature animation studio for Nickelodeon for a while. So after this, they had uh, Ah Real Monsters. They had the Wild Thornberries. They had As Told by Ginger. And they had Rocket Power. Oh, I remember Rocket Power. They I don't also know what that is. it was like all it was about an extreme, extreme sports. sports game. There's a couple, there's a PlayStation game. There's a few, yeah. yeah. There's a few of those. Yeah. They also went on to create the decidedly uh, adult-oriented Duckman for the USA Network, which is a pretty great show with uh, uh, Jason Alexander. It's pretty demented, and uh, I was very amazed to find this in my research. They created a show called Santo Bogito. Am I the only one who remembers the show at all? Okay. I thought Certainly in the room you are. I thought I had like hallucinated this show. Like it was this incredibly weird show about insects living in this like little Tex-Mex village in the desert. It was real gross and it had this real exaggerated stuff. Like I very distinctly remember two flies sitting at a bar and instead of ordering drinks they're just spitting back and forth into each other's mouths. Ugh. Like it was real gross and I, could, I didn't know the name of this show. I had no way of lo- looking it up like... So I was glad to find it that it actually existed. Yeah, it was never like a something I was very passionate about. But looking back, I think I'm kind of anti this run of gross animation that sort of happened in the 90s with like All Real Monsters and Ren no, and Stimpy. Okay, All Real Monsters was not super gross. It, it, Ren it, and Stimpy was, was disgusting. Was very gross, but yeah. and I feel like Rocko's all, Modern World. All, yeah, oh, yeah Rocko's Modern, Modern Life, Life was yeah. pretty gross. Well, like, like just kind mm-hmm. of intrinsic. Yeah, but All Real Monsters was kind of intrinsically gross just based on the characters the character and designs, things like yeah. that. Yeah. I think they were cuter than like. Ren and Stimpy. Like, Ren and Stimpy was disgusting. Right. Yeah. I guess I vastly prefer the sort of, it looks okay, but it's a little more, uh, I don't know. It, it, I'm glad that that trend has sort of dissipated. That I, I, I definitely preferred the SpongeBob, just goofy, surreal aesthetic. I feel like we've gone more towards, like, surrealism and just I think, yeah, like Adventure goofiness, Time. Adventure Time, Steven yeah. Universe, they, these are kind of like the standards now. As opposed know? to just grossness. Right, which I, I think we're better off yeah. with. Um so, the, yeah, that's, like we said, the show ran on for 13 seasons. It was the biggest hit for the network until a little show called Spongebob came along in 1998. Uh, so it ran for 13 seasons. It spawned a spinoff series called All Grown Up, where it took place 10 years later, where they were all, like, preteens. Rugrats uh, After Dark. Apparently, I've never seen it, but apparently everyone hates that. Uh, there were Stop peeing on my childhood, Nickelodeon. <laughs> I like my Rugrats baby size. I don't want them all, like, angsty. Uh, they were already pretty. Yeah, they were really they're, angsty they're in, in the show. Yeah, that's the whole premise. They were whining about cookies a lot. The entire games. premise of the Chucky character is that he's afraid of everything. And just, well, that's more neurotic than angsty. That's ah. just yeah. If we're if we're splitting hairs, which I am. Uh, so there were three live action or not live action. There were three movies, <laughs> theatrical films. They got who the hell would they cast to be the live well, action they version had the, of these babies? Oh. They Ew. had those movies of like that was Look Who's Talking, right? Where they had the babies. That was Look Who's Talking, but I feel like and, the you those are normal looking cute babies. These are mm, monsters okay. who need something that looked horrifying. Maybe so they should just go the other way and just cast like adults in the in the baby, like just. 
as the babies and just have them like, and then other adults are as the adults. Yeah. And I feel like that would kind of ma- mimic the energy of the show. Yeah, and that nobody comments on the fact that they just look like adults. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing creepier you than You have like Ron, than Ron like Perlman, yeah. Danny DeVito. <laughs> Ron Perlman oh, yeah. as Chucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so yeah, there were three movies. There were uh, there was a live stage show, and pertinent to our interest, there were nineteen Rugrats video games. Nineteen. That's not including like the the Nicktoons crossovers, like the Kart Racers or the the Fighting Smash Brothers. It's almost it's half it's half as many as there were Spider Man games. I know that's and, crazy. And there's so many Rugrats. So many games. fewer, so fewer time. Well, let's get into talking about it. now. So we have Lindsay here because she's an animation nerd like myself, and she also gave me one of these games. She gave me the uh, uh, Rugrats Scavenger Hunt. Now, uh, explain your history with Rugrats Scavenger Hunt before we get into it. I'm an only child. Okay. Okay. Um, That's all we need. She was one of the Rugrats, and uh, yeah, she's no, all grown up. My, <laughs> all grown up. My parents liked to play video games with me. Like yeah. I very first started playing video games, like. Seventh Guest and Eleventh Hour, creepy horror games when I was four with my mother. And so when I got the N64, I saved money for it. And the first game my parents bought was Rugrats Scavenger Hunt, so we could play it together. And I think we played it once, and it was so slow and boring that my parents just never played it again with me. So being an only child... And it being the only game I had for a while, mm-hmm. I um, I played it by myself. Okay. I, I don't feel like it would be any more boring by yourself than with m- more people. Um, I can't so imagine it being more boring. This, this like, is... Yeah. I'm, I'm amazed... I'm amazed that your parents were into playing video games because my... I feel like my mom has led kind of a tragic figure type life because she's into... Um, like alternative education and she worked very hard to keep her kids away from tv and video games and my brother you know was really into games and then i was really into games and she eventually just gave up (laughs) she was just like this is the only way that they're gonna bond yeah and so it's like and so she a couple times like took the effort to be like okay i'll try playing and i couldn't even get her to like i'm like no mom press a to jump Jumbo, like sort of Psychonauts, <laughs> you press A to jump, and she's just down. Well, you started her on Psychonauts? Yeah, I figured oh. that's like a cool, interesting game. That's a fun it, game to watch, I think, if okay. you're not into video games, because well, it's really well-written and clever. I think but. maybe my parents originally thought that it would be an educational game, because it was a kid's game. Sure. Because it, I mean, it's Rugrats was a kid's show, babies. like yeah. Not, not it, educational show. Because, like, unlike your parents, like, I did grow up with educational video games, okay. like Math Blasters yeah. and Reading Rabbit and all that kind Word of stuff. Word munchers. <laughs> that... Okay. Frog fractions. That's a later thing. That's, that's a later. A Treasure thing. Math Storm. I don't know that one. That's that's a real one. I was a math blaster guy all the way, so okay. I don't know. But that I never one learned. Was so I never learned math, so they failed. <laughs> all right, let's talk about this game. Rugrats Scavenger Hunt was released June 29th, nineteen ninety nine. It was developed by Real Time Associates and published by THQ, and it was an N sixty four exclusive. Woo! One of those rare ones. System seller. Real Time Associates has been around for a long time. They did, they they uh, worked on a lot of educational and licensed games. Uh, they released five games on the N64. So uh, there's the two Sesame Street games, there's mm-hmm. Charlie Blast Territory, and there's Gex 64. They're all real-time associates. Uh, they also developed a game that we just talked about last week, Iron Man and Exo Manowar. Oh, okay. So now we know Weird, weird recurring theme on that. I think we'll just have to do a spin-off episode of that at some point. I can go into our bonus content folder. I mean, Anyone who gives us $100, you can listen to the sure. Iron Man Exo Machine episode. I mean, yeah, we'll have to... F- I Do you have a Sega Saturn? I don't have one I do anymore. have a Sega okay, Saturn. Okay, so I'll have to borrow your Sega Saturn. Yeah. We'll do that. All right, so um, 
correct me if I'm wrong. This might be the first Mario Party ripoff. Like, can so you, is this pre or post yeah, Chef's when did Love Mario Shack? Party come the out Mario Party was, I think it was 1998. Uh, Real time Googling here. We're going to look this up. But yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like, it, and this isn't a direct ripoff because yeah. it's like, yeah, it was 1998. Well, here, let me talk for a sec. Yeah. Stop hogging all the podcasts, Steve. I just want to get a word in. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, Yeah, this game's like Mario Party, except like, you know how the fun part of Mario Party is that you like endure the board game and then you get to play some mini games? Yeah. This is like, they're like, ah, no one likes those mini games. Let's just pull those and put emphasis on what people really enjoy. Walking around a board. Walking around a board and having random shit happen. <laughs> um, and so that's that's this game. It's it's Mario Party with irritating Rugrats characters and none of the fun. And no strategy. And no, Well, and not no that Mario Party has any strategy except in the mini games. Yeah, yeah. and I, I don't know. I find this, for a kid's game, this is maddeningly obtuse. Yeah, this is like... The Twilight Struggle of um, <laughs> yeah. Twilight Struggle is like Twilight this Imperium, long. Right? Or, yeah. No, I, well, Twilight oh, okay, Twilight Struggle is like this two-player like Cold War themed board game oh. that takes like six hours, and you play all these cards to like influence various countries and affect <laughs> these things. In this game, it's like go get. You have to get the candies for each baby, but you can only get certain kind of candy, and then you get reptar bars to trade for the candy, and then there's a Tyrannosaurus Rex at the top. It's reptar. It's reptar, but reptar's a T-Rex, right? Yeah. He's, a, he's yeah. like a Godzilla. Oh, he's a Godzilla? Yeah, he's more, he's more like that. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. You should. Sorry, Rugrats fanboys. Um, there's a lot of just weird, complicated stuff going on. It's like the mechanics are both... Very simple in the sense that there's nothing to strategize, yeah. but very complicated in the sense you can't figure out what the hell anything is for. Right. Um, Lindsay we, explained we... these things to us, but then I'm like, Lindsay, how many hours have you spent playing this game? She said 15 to 20. So um, it's definitely not explained just from the game itself. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it was just poor design or something, but like... We started on... It was poor design, Steve. The, I, can, I can reveal the secrets. Okay, fair enough. We started on the Reptar level, and they just drop us in. And this one, we, we came to realize, is different from the other two. The other two modes, it's like Angelica's Temple and then a pirate ship, like a sunken pirate ship. And they're pretty much... They play the same, right? You, you wander around. You, you roll you a dice. On, it tells you how many spaces you can move. You land on, like, a, if you land on a, a magnifying glass, then you can look at items in the environment and you try and find clues or pieces of a statue or something like that, hence the scavenger hunt. The Reptar level didn't have any of that. You just have to keep circling the board until you get a certain number of candies, a preset get number candy. of candies. Get candy, get candy, get, get candy, candy, get candy, get candy, candy, get candy. But you can't go to your own... If you, you can't go to your own world. Like, if you're playing as Chucky, you can't go to the Chucky well, level. Well, you can, but then when you go there, it says, you don't need ice cream. Because oh, right. you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you've just wasted your time at Chucky World, and you just flip the table. And there's no guarantee that you can get back out because you have to keep random rolling until you land on the space that gets you out. And, I think, actually, what it is, you go around once, and when you get back to the entry tile, you exit automatically. Yeah, I think you're right. And one other weird thing is when you roll... It doesn't, like Mario Party, it'll just move you the quantity of spaces. Yeah. Here you actually have to press forward to move, but you can't stop until you hit your maximum number of squares. So really there's no choice in where you go. I guess when you play the other two maps, you can go different directions. Mm-hmm. But you still, like, have to go to the square that 
is five away. It just kind of gives you a chance to be a dick and just like, no, I'm going to move two squares out of my three, and then everybody else is just going to wait for me, and that's all we're going to do with this game. I mean, that's really all it opens up to. And yeah, you pointed out like another kind of redundant feature with the cookies. Yeah, like, so you get you, you pick up cookies, which gives you energy, because every time you move a square, your energy drains, and you can eat cookies to refill your energy. But then why don't the squares just give you energy? Why is there this yeah. whole other trading mechanic as... Yeah, I mean, it's a very badly designed from a board game perspective. Yeah, yeah. As a board game, like, I wouldn't play this. And I, I, as, as a kid's game, you can't recommend it because I feel like... Uh, how old were you when you had this game, Lindsay? 99, you would have been, like... Um, I would have been, like, 11 or 12. Okay. Which is probably way too old for this game. Yeah. And I, mean, I feel like... But it, also, it's like... Now we're all in our 30s, and it's like, I don't get this game. <laughs> this is confusing to me. Yeah, exactly. This is too like, advanced for my brain. I don't understand how, what I'm supposed to be do doing. Do you have any stories, Steve, of having a system and only one game for that system? Is I'm just not, I'm kind of throwing you into that one. But. Not only one game, but like I had, we had a Genesis growing up, and we had like the Sega 6-pack, and then we had... Uh, one of, we had Stargate. That was the one okay. other game we had. See, so, if you, but so we had the Sega games. Six yeah. Pack is awesome. There's a lot of great games it's on there. It's really awesome, but we like, it's six yeah. great games. Whereas, like, I feel like if your only game was Stargate, you're like, I'm going to understand Stargate. Like, I'm going to play the hell out of this game yeah. and figure it out. Well, yeah. my parents had a rule. Um, ever since I was in second grade, and I promised that I would let them freeze the warts off my knees so I could get a Game Gear. <laughs> that's okay. Oh, yeah. uh, that's that tracks. Story. I'm going to have to look at your Game Gear in different eyes now. Yeah. <laughs> that is the Game Gear that Wart Freezing yeah. bought. <laughs> I was a good child to be bribed. No, the, the rule was I wasn't allowed to get a new game until I beat the one I had. Oh, wow. That's and then they bought you Battletoads. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> No, you could I, do I that now to, with I parents, to, and it's like, here, play, here, enjoy this Dark Souls game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. No, I got to pick games. Sorry, okay. we, we interrupted. Go yeah. ahead. <laughs> no, I, I got to pick games. So, like, yeah, that may have been the first game I had, but it's a pretty easy game to So beat. how do you actually you, beat this game? You, you just, just, you just, just keep fought, playing. You honestly just finish the three levels that there are. It's not even really beating it. You just finish. You okay. just have to outlast <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, it's just yeah. an endurance test of yeah. mental stamina. Um, do we have anything else to say about this? I hated this game. Me too. It yeah, was really it. Awful. It awful. It was it was boring and just not pleasant to look at and yeah. just baffling in its mechanics. Yeah, it, it was it was awful. I would say the biggest word for it would be redundant. <sighs> yeah, yeah. There's really no point to it. Like you you could play you could play Candyland and have a much more positive experience. It's, Candyland it's, is colorful yeah. and goofy, and you can talk to your friends. Yeah, and I it mean, doesn't require all this complex trading and like weird collection stuff yeah it's just no point and it's kind of weird because if you take that game or, uh, Rugrats Scavenger Hunt and combine it with Rugrats in Paris you kind of have a full Mario party game right because this one's like almost all mini games nice segue yeah. we're getting good at this yeah I'm a segue master Alright, so let's talk about Rugrats in Paris, the movie. That's the title of the game. I'm going to talk about the movie, but... but it's that's not the called Rugrats, the, the Paris, the movie, the title of the game. Right, yes, that's 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 it. It's all on the label. Okay. Uh, this was released November 12, 2000, developed by Avalanche Software, and once again released by THQ, only this one was also released on PlayStation, Game Boy Color, and the Windows. Uh, this was the same development team behind Rampage 2. So, uh, I remember. Step down. Step down, I think. Oh. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see where we land on this. All right, so this is based on the movie that came out in 2000. 
All right, so a little backup story on this. Um, Rugrats was actually canceled back in 1994 after its initial 65-episode run. Uh, and then the following year, they made two made-for-TV movies. There was a Rugrats Hanukkah and a Rugrats Passover. And uh, if you're interested in this... Uh, because the Rugrats are Jewish? The, yeah, I Tommy's mean, Jewish. Okay, yeah. I guess that uh, makes sense. They're oh, yeah. one of the few, like explicitly Jewish families That's in cool. like a cartoon. That's cool. And uh, if you're interested in this, uh, uh, Matthew J with Ca- Cartoons 101 uh, on his YouTube channel, he's got a great episode all about these Rugrats uh, 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 Passover episodes. But these were critically acclaimed and uh, they had great ratings and they earned, they kind of rekindled interest in these characters. So uh, they relaunched the series. It had softer edges now. It was geared a little more towards a younger audience. They moved some of it over to Nick Jr., you know, so for tiny, tiny babies. And then they produced a movie in 1998 for very little, uh, just the Rugrats movie that was a surprise success. It was, uh, I think it held the record of the highest grossing movie based on a television show until the Simpsons movie came out. Uh, And so obviously a sequel was inevitable. And I feel like the rule with, if you have a successful sequel, you just have to do another one that has the same formula, but it's in a different location. It has to have a road trip element of some sure. kind or some kind of exotic travel. The Rugrats are going to Delaware. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see a screen door factory. Hey, um, we're in Delaware. <laughs> the loose, uh, the, so there's kind of a, the loose pretext of the movie is that uh, Tommy's dad is now a robotics engineer, which must have happened somewhere in there. Yeah. And he built the, ro- the Reptar robot, the giant Reptar robot for Euro Reptar Land. And it's malfunctioning right before they have their big open. So he's called over to Paris. And for some reason, they're allowed to bring all of their friends and family. So there's like, they bring 15 people with them on the company's dime. Like, there's no way he's so worth that. he sucks that. at his job. He sucks at his job. Yeah, he has to go repair this giant malfunctioning uh, uh, robot. Okay. So they go to Paris. And uh, and then there's the, the emotional through line is kind of about Chucky's dad trying to find someone, uh, like a new wife. And Chucky wanting to have a new mom, you know, because his mom died. And Chucky's dad meets uh, uh, Kira, who is a, a Japanese woman who works for the theme park, and she has a little daughter named Kimmy. And by the end of the movie, spoiler alert, uh, they get together, and uh, Kimmy is added to the cast of the show from then on. And so she's a playable character in this game. That was the girl with the pig yeah. tails. Okay. Uh huh. So I have I, I watched this movie because it's on Stars, and uh, it was seventy five minutes long, and it's not a big investment in time. But I, I wanted to be thorough, so I watched this movie. And I have a big problem with it. There's one oh, big it issue. wasn't great is what you're there's saying. There's one big issue that bothers me. There's some cute stuff in this movie. It's not terrible. But there's no godforsaken reason in the world for this to be set in Paris. Mm. Like, if you start the movie, like, 15 minutes in, you have no idea it takes place in Paris. Because, because it just takes place in the amusement park? It's entirely time? in the amusement park. And the amusement park is very heavily Japanese-themed. Uh, the new characters are Japanese. Like the only there's the only French characters in this are the villains played by uh, Susan Sarandon and John Lithgow of all people. They're two scheming French people trying to I don't remember what they're doing. But all of the new characters are Japanese. There's even a uh, musical number with a couple of sumo wrestlers singing karaoke played by Tim Curry singing Bad Girls and then Angelica joins in and it's it's crazy. So I'm just thinking like did they set this in Tokyo and then 
When did Euro Disney open? Uh, 1992. I looked this up, so, too, yeah. And they were famously struggling at this time. Right. One of the best times I've ever had at a theme park was we went to we went to Disneyland Paris, and we got really? there really early, and there was hardly anyone there. And oh. we went to the Space Mountain, like, we did, like, four rides in an hour. That'd be amazing. Because there, we were just, there were so few people we were able to go from one to the other. That sounds um, perfect. So I was thinking maybe that they were trying to capitalize on the hype of Euro Disney at the time, but like that, that was is, eight years in, they didn't have yeah, much. No, hype. you're right. That the, is very. It was odd. only negative. Like and, but I'm thinking like Tokyo Disneyland has been a thing since eighty two, eighty three. Yeah. So like, I'm wondering why they just. I mean, and obviously this isn't a Disney property, so like they're not trying to do. This sure, is a Nickelodeon but, show. But, I mean, I feel like any theme land is automatically a parody. Of oh, Disneyland. obviously, yeah, yeah. So I guess I just don't understand why they didn't just say. Maybe there was a the- theory that the European market would be stronger than the. Uh, Asian market maybe? For, for overseas, so they're sure. like, let's just set it there. Or maybe it's just easier for children to understand what France is rather than Japan. I have no idea. There is uh, even a racist uh, musical number in this uh, called Chucky Chan, where Great. Chucky uh, imagines beating up a bunch of dragons. Uh, it's real uh, racist. Yeah, sounds yeah. like a winner. It's a, it's a winner. But, you know, if you have uh, hyperactive kids and you need, like, 75 minutes to get some chores done, you can put them down in front of this. You could do worse. Um, yeah, I'll anyway. See. So the game... Itself is set. It's it's a series of mini games. It's set uh, at the amusement park, just like in the movie, and uh, it's totally empty. They don't really explain why. It's I know you. You're literally you pick a character. And you are the only person. There's this was must have been your experience. Except this one was not fun. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I understand how this could have well, been fun for you. Well, they don't have people. They don't have people. But they have flies. Yeah. Loud a lot of flies. A lot of loud flies. Yeah. Around all the trash cans. Yeah, so I mean, so you you pick a baby, you wander around this kind of overworld hub. Yeah, um, and there's lots of red tickets just laying around that you run and grab, and then your friends yell at you to stop wasting time and yes. keep moving forward. <laughs> um, we weren't going to save the game, Lindsay. Some of them. We don't need to get all the tickets. I don't care. I'm OCD. Um, <laughs> I, so I want to get everything that I can get. <laughs> I'm a completionist. Sure. There are red tickets that you can get to buy items that, I don't know, do something for you. And then there's gold tickets that you get when you successfully complete one of the minigame rides. Like there's a throw baseballs at targets and hit all the targets. There's throw cookies at ninjas, which is essentially the same. Despite having ninjas and cookies, it's the same as baseballs and targets. And again, with the heavily Japanese theme of everything. Yeah. Like you, you, won't, you can't tell if this game's in Paris. Anyway, yeah. there's six, I think there's 16 minigames. And once you complete them all, you get a. Once you complete one, you get a gold ticket, and then yeah. you spend these sixteen gold tickets to buy the Reptar Mind Control Helmet, which fixes everything, and you win the game. Yes, and that's similar to the plot of the movie. Like the, it ends with the baby, like the baby's getting the VR helmet. They control the giant Reptar, and then they go and save their parents. Uh, so we played a couple of mini games. I'm bad at them, but I still think it's the game that's bad at them. Sure. Everybody, there's there's differing opinions, but I think it's the game. <laughs> yeah, we took a survey and the consensus was Steve sucks. <laughs> we pulled the room and it uh, turns out no one loves me. Um, so we, we played like there's one where you throw baseballs at moving targets uh, and then another Yeah, one. I already went over all this, Steve. Stop yeah, boring the it's listeners. It's identical to the ninja one. Like, so I don't know. And There was one where you drive a little cart in the water and uh, collect balloons. In yeah. Ooey Gooey Land. Ooey Gooey Land. Which quote, is another musical Quote, you can song. never have enough Ooey Gooey. 
from your they character. They kept saying that in these games. Like, yeah. you can ne- a baby can never have enough cookies, and uh, a baby can never have enough candy. or Never have enough gooey-gooey. Enough Reptar bars. Yeah. We definitely yeah. had enough Rugrats. I've like, definitely had enough Rugrats. I mean, there's barely anything to talk about this. We tried the multiplayer mode. Oh, yeah, and it was, was very stupid. We're like, okay, totally let's play structured. the multiplayer. It's turn-based. And yeah. you're like, bumper cars, and we started playing, and it was not split-screen. And no. we're like, what the hell's going on? And, yeah, it's you take turns playing the mini-games. Which is so, I mean... It's bumper cars. Bumper car. It's like, it's like the the uh, bumper battle mode in, 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 in Mario, Mario Party. Kart. Yeah, or you, yeah, you could you could have a four player split. Screen. You don't even have to have a split screen. You just zoom the camera out a couple inches. The like the so you can see the whole thing. Not that complicated. I don't feel like the, I feel like the N sixty four was up to the processing power of a split screen mini game here. Well, Mario Kart was out by then. Mario yeah, Kart was out. He's by then. saying it yeah, was yeah. up to the it's power. Up to the task. It's up to the it's task. Up to the task. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. I, I, yeah. So we tried to play some of that. There, there was a, a one called Lick It and Stick It, yeah, which is not as uh, fun as it sounds. It's just about frogs. You play a frog. You press A to stick out your tongue and eat a fly. I don't know how that tied to the game at all. No. Um, or nor could we figure out what the sticking it was. Yeah. Um, I think it just refers to the sticky tongue. I think so too. Uh, but right. yeah. So you. Oh, you lick, you lick you it and then it the sticks. Thank you. I'm. I'm content. I've learned. I've learned my fact for the day. Was this was this a dirty euphemism before this, or like is this a recent euphemism? Euphemologists out there, if that's your title, write in and let us know because I don't know which came first. Um, The chicken. The chicken did. No, the egg did. Right. I think they scientifically proved it was the egg. They did. Yeah. So you're wrong. I love so we, having guests on here so I can yell at them and tell them they're that's, wrong. That's why we get guests. Yeah. To interrupt and make fun of them. Oh, yeah. We're supposed to kill you off at some point. <laughs> you're like, Lindsay, you're the you're the third character like, that we're supposed yeah, to. There's going to be a mysterious murder. I still have games that are going to have to happen. So uh, okay. <laughs> well, whatever your last fact, one is. I, I listened to that episode. And I texted Steve automatically, and I said, you can't kill me off. That's not fair. And this and was several weeks after the episode came out, so I forgot what she what, – I had no idea yeah. what she was talking about. He's I'm like, like, what? Well, he's like, yeah, no, you're right. I need you for Rugrats. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> so, so now um, we're in the clear. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. so all of these mini games, they're like – there's nothing complicated. You move the controller, and you press A. Yeah. And they're not, they're not complicated, but they're not exciting. No. Um, I, I would argue it's maybe a little more interesting than Scavenger Hunt. Oh, uh, you would be 100% correct. Like, let's, still... let's make a list of things that are more interesting than Rugrats Scavenger Hunt. Um, this drink... pen on the table. Yep. Picking the dirt out from under my nails. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, no, definitely. Uh, drinking water. Drinking water is great. Yeah. That's good for you. Um, cleaning your glasses. Yeah. Um... We were playing with my uh, Nintendo Labo piano. Oh, that yeah, that was, was more far more interesting. That was way more interesting. Yeah, I love that. Um, uh, so write, write in, listeners. Dying? Oh. Dying is more interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's more dying. interesting than a lot of things. It is. It's pretty, well, it yeah. depends on how you die. Yeah. But I'm just talking borderline, like dying in your sleep. Just baseline, most boring way sleeping, to die. Sleeping is more interesting than Rugrats. Sleeping is more interesting. That's where I'm a Viking. I love sleep. That's Steve's time to shine. It's sleep time. Um, do we have Do we have to talk about these games anymore? Steve? I don't think we do. I think we've reached our Rugrats threshold. So let's move on to the ranking Rug portion capacity. of the show. We are overloaded with Rugrats. Uh, so oh, that's gross. I know that's too many rats. All right, but let's uh, let's rank these games. So each week we add the games to our storied canon of lists of games of things of words, games of words. words of things. It late. It I tired. Be best. 
Um, so we have games ranking from 1 to 44 right now. That's our list. Uh, Lindsay's is a little shorter, but we'll let you go as well. So, Lindsay, the games you've played with us are uh, Scooby-Doo, uh, what was it, Woo! Classic Creep Capers, yeah. and mm-hmm. Gauntlet Legends. And was there another that you were on? I think those were it so far. So far. Yeah, but we'll have you on more. Um, but yes, okay, so where would these two rank between Scooby-Doo or Gauntlet? As annoying as Scooby-Doo was, it was at least really fun to yell at the screen the yeah. whole time. So it would be one, Gauntlet Legends, two, Scooby-Doo, three, Rugrats in Paris, and four, Scavenger Hunt. You nailed it, Lindsay. Good call. Yeah. Good job. Was there really, like, was there a set thing and I'm just supposed to follow it? Mm-hmm. Like, That's oh, right. If you so if got, you answered wrong, that was going to be... four out of four points. We have, we have the guillotine right above you. And if you Rugrats, Scavenger Hunt, any higher than fourth? Yeah, yeah. You probably wonder why we set that up. Yeah, yeah. It's made. Of, that's also a Nintendo I mean, lava. I thought it's the lava like, guillotine. Like, like part of your sex dungeon. I wasn't questioning no, it. No, come on. You've seen my sex dungeon. It's way weirder. Oh, boy. Oh, this is a game for babies. Anyway, where would you rank these games, Woody? Rugrats Scavenger Hunt was terrible. It was terrible, but I can't put it at the bottom because uh, Transformers Beast Wars Transmetal still made me sick. Um, at least this game... I mean, I'm wondering what it's going to take to. I don't know. Sick. Um, but so I'm putting it right above that. Oh, second, so second to worst. Second, forty third yeah. for you. That's uh, or forty fourth. I'm sorry. It was just. It's weird. It's weird when a game can simultaneously be boring and infuriating. Yeah, like I shouldn't care, but I, but I care enough to be irritated. Yeah. Somehow it's just maddening how boring it is. Um, Scavenger Hunt, or sorry, Rugrats in Paris was at least. I'm like, oh, I see how this is kind of a real game. Um, it's not a fun game, but it was a real game. So I'm gonna put it right above War Gods, which was felt shitty and cheap. That's still pretty low. So yeah, that's that's fair enough. Uh, yeah. All right. So for me, uh, I'm also putting these both pretty low, maybe a little higher than I should. Uh, but Rugrats Scavenger Hunt is my new number 41, going below Vigilante 8 and above uh, PGA European Tour. And uh, Rugrats in Paris wasn't a whole hell of a lot better, but I'm going to put it uh, number 39, just below Milo's Astro Lanes. Um, there was a golf mini game in Rugrats in Paris, which seemed kind of decent. It was almost like a mini golf. Yeah, you guys turned it off while I was trying to play. Yes. We did. We, like I said, we had reached Rugrats saturation. Yeah, yeah. We, we'd saturated like an old diaper. And, uh, the rug, we, had to, we had to put an end to the rug rat race. Oh. That's another that's another hallmark of the series we should mention is just like nonstop uh, poop and snot jokes. Like yeah, it's just there. Every uh, line of dialogue is about their dieties. Yeah, and they all, they all talk like they're just full of snot. They do, all the time, yeah. which is accurate to how babies work, but not what I want to see in my entertainment. And weirdly, the Rugrats in Paris. This is a non sequitur, but the Rugrats in Paris movie opens with an extended Godfather parody. Like, like sure. are kids gonna understand the Godfather, Godfather reference, reference here? here? I don't know. Oh, it's, about it's, it's a little, it's a little it's clever a because the parents are talking about like Angelica's the Godfather, and the parents are like, we shouldn't have let her watch that movie last night. It's like, oh, it's fine. She's she's too young to understand it, and she's like shaking down all the babies. And, yeah. 
So that's a little that's clever, at least. But anyway, that's been Ultra 64, 64 for this week. Uh, we, uh, we we beat the hell out of these already beaten looking babies. These are uh, these are rough. So do we get to play something better next week, Steve? Oh God, I certainly hope so. Let me double check the list. I think I know what we're playing. Oh wait, I remember. Oh yes, do we get to play Ken Griffey, right? We do. That's right. We're playing two baseball games: Ken Griffey Jr. Slugfest and Major League Baseball featuring Ken Griffey Jr. Which I thought were separate games, but they actually are in the same series. They're just wildly different names. Uh, so we're gonna get somebody who knows a damn thing about baseball in here to talk about it because Ken Griffey Jr. Ken Griffey right? Jr. will be here. Uh, Excellent. Tune in then for Ken Griffey Jr. I'm gonna call with special guest Ichiro Suzuki. That's going to be a, a guarantee, I think. Yeah. And uh, you know what? Let's say Tom Cruise is going to be here as well. Perfect. Uh, yeah, he's he's a big guy. No, he's not actually. That's the that's the Tom Cruise fun fact. Conceptually, he's, not a, big guy. he's yeah. a big guy. Yeah, he's got a big heart. He does. He's a, yes. He's like a level sixty-three Scientologist. We're all good. That's yeah. pretty huge. Yeah, yeah, you don't get much bigger than that. <laughs> all right, everybody. So uh, check us out at ultra64podcast.com. We're on Twitter at ultra64podcast. Write us an email at ultra64podcast at gmail.com. And check us out on our Facebook group that is the now newly formed. We'd love to hear from everybody. Thank you. Vote so much in our for poll in. of whether you want Lindsay to win or lose, lose or, or sorry, live or die. In the, oh yes, in the, we'll jo- show. the Jason oh. Sharknado, the, the, the Jason Todd, yes. the Jason Todd of Ultra Sixty Four. <laughs> Thanks for being on the podcast, Lindsay. Sorry, we're such dicks to you. Now you can come back later as a Red Hood. <laughs> It's okay. I, you know, I watch enough TV shows where people get resurrected all the time. Yeah. I'm not too worried. Okay, yeah, we'll bring you back. Zombies are great. Yes. Yeah. All right, everybody. Until next week. Uh, goo goo gaga. Fuck these games. Goodbye. There, I like that. That's a that's a good outro. <laughs> that's our new outro yeah. for all episodes. Goo goo gaga. Fuck these games. Doesn't, Goodbye. Doesn't matter. Yeah. All right. Bye. <laughs>